Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeliso, your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. In our second episode, we are again reviewing the Cricket World Cup that's on the go in England at the moment. And our special guest from the first episode is once again chatting to us from the UK. And in part two, we'll chat to one of the best rugby skills coaches in the country about the fascinating debate regarding Springbok Centre's Lucanio Am and Jesse Creel. We'll also hear from Jesse Creel himself. We have loads to unpack, so let's get into it. Right, the Proteas faced the West Indies in Southampton in a do-or-die clash on Monday and we'll get deep into that conversation once we chat to sports journalist Daniel Gallen, whom we said we'll cross to in just a second. Tembi Khatlana scored a wonder goal as Banyana Banyana ran Spain very, very close in their opening FIFA Women's World Cup match. But unfortunately, they eventually went down 3-1, no thanks to two VAR decisions. In Comrades Marathon, Gerda Stein, or is it Gerda Stein? Uh, my apologies, Gerda. Uh, she smashed the women's record in the Comrades Marathon last Saturday, becoming the first woman to finish in under six hours with a time of 5 hours, 58 minutes and 53 seconds. The previous record was held by Elena Negolieva, which was 6 hours, 9 minutes and 24 seconds. The Bafana Bafana Africa Cup of Nations squad was also named last Sunday, but we will get into that conversation a little bit later on as this podcast develops with Tiso Blackstar digital sports journalist Mark Stratum in the coming weeks as we build up to the AFCON tournament in Egypt starting on the 21st of June. For these and other stories as well as up-to-date sports content, go to timeslive.co.za. Welcome again to the Sports Live podcast. Daniel Gallen, again, our special guest. Uh, last week, we had bad news. The Proteus having lost to Bangladesh. You were fresh off that. This week, I kind of feel like a slightly even worse, a rained out fixture in Southampton against the West Indies. Mind you, we were already two down with the Proteus on um, 29 with Amla back in the hut, uh, as well as Aiden Markram. Daniel, you seem to be suffering through this Proteus World Cup. I know it's your first World Cup as a journalist, but it seems to the Proteus that this is par for the course. And it's, it seems like all the signs are pointing to the exit, mate. What is your call? Well, uh, thanks for having me on the show again. I, before, before I get into the Proteus, I want to you know, say that despite the on-field failures this is still like the dream job so the last thing i want to do is complain there were there were people in the press box complaining that the chicken was bland and i just thought you know what we're getting paid to 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 travel around the country we get free lunches we got tea and coffee on tap and we get to watch we get to watch cricket and talk about it yeah it's not not going according to plan but this is still amazing so so no complaints on that front but now with that caveat out of the way as you say, this everything that, that could have gone wrong for the Proteas has gone wrong. They haven't been good on the field. Uh, Off-field distractions in the form of A.B. de Villiers and disputes over the domestic restructuring between Cricket South Africa and the Cricketers Association. It's all, it's all weighing on their minds. And Kakhisa Rabada said as much yesterday. He said that it's hard to 
focused on one's game when there's so many off-field distractions. And they, 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 they're talking over the, each other, especially with the, fuck, with the, uh, with the Abel de Villiers uh, scandal, if I can call it a scandal. Um, Buff Dubassi and Otis Gibson have conflicting accounts of when de Villiers reached out, who he reached out to initially. Was it, was it during the IPL? Was it the night before the squad announcement? So it's it's all it's all a bit of a a bit of a mess. I mean, um, Bob Duplessis had to come out today after the press conference and assure us that him and AB are still friends, as if this was some soap opera that was unfolding. And it just it just feels a bit amateurish in light of what is supposed to be the most important cricket match or rather cricket tournament of these guys' lives. Iraq um, South Africa twenty nine for two after seven point three overs. I think. Only the Bangladesh game was the only match where the Proteas were two down with over 100 runs on the board. So clearly there's, there's some problems at the top of the order. You know, you look at the way England's top order and India's top order are going. Um, yeah, just some problems with South Africa, but I think they'll take the point. Yeah, I think uh, they'll take anything at this moment. Have you done your maths yet? Uh, it seems like we're in that scenario that we're too familiar with um, with the Proteas, especially after 2003, where the calculators are out. Yeah, well, I think with, I think they needed to have won this game and the remaining five for it to be absolutely in their hands. I mean, I think they can win the next five and still not qualify. Although I think winning the next five, they are more likely to qualify than not qualify, if, if that makes sense. So, but but but. The results have to go their way now. They, there are going to be games that are going to be rained off for the, uh, for the coming weeks. I think the the forecast. I think it's the the storm that has come from Spain. Is his name is Miguel Storm Miguel, something like that. I may be wrong. Anyway, um, just another just another example of of some European storm raining over raining over Britain, <laughs> as some of the uh, the right wing nut jobs might see it in this country, but. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not in the Proteus' hands anymore. They, but, you know, as Papu Plessis says, win your games and let the rest take care of itself. But they have to beat Afghanistan. I mean, if they don't beat Afghanistan on Saturday, then, then just, just pack your bags, mate. Bring some other guys over. I'm, I'm saddened to, to think that it's come to this. You have to beat Afghanistan. You know, I don't see, even, even if the match had gone its full course, you look at how Sheldon Cottrell was bowling very early on. Um, you look at how tentative the South African batsmen were and how just out of nick and, and, and badly out of confidence they were. Mm-hmm. They, the rain might have even stopped a, a humiliation at the, at the hands of the Windies. What is it about uh, this year's tournament that has gone so terribly awry? Well, it's interesting you, you talk about this game because... Look, it was a, it was a it was a good toss to win. I think any of the both sides were were certainly going to put the, the other side into bat. Um, it was difficult. Uh, with the ball was moving around, overhead conditions weren't helpful. But uh, you're right. There, there, there's there's something there, there's something awry. And we put it to Dale Benkenstein, the South African batting coach, and we said, "What is it? You know, just like plainly, like what's going on with the batting?" And he said that. Well, he intimated that it was that it was psychological, that there was some sort of mental barrier, and that's 
that's comforting in, in, in the sense that it isn't technical because what he's saying is that these are good players and, and, and they haven't stopped being good players. That in the nets, they, they, they look like they're in good touch and they're hitting the ball well. But it's also worrying in the sense that if it's this abstract concept that they can't put their finger on and they can't say, well, why are, our, why are these household names? Hashimamle is one of the greatest batsmen that has ever played the game. Um, I mean, he could be considered one, one of the all-time greats in ODI cricket. Uh, Aidan Markham by, has been touted by anyone with an opinion who matters in suffering cricket to be a, a, a future star in the making. So for the batting coach to say that he's not sure why they're not clicking and that it's, it's perhaps something that is, that is abstract as mental, well, that worries me because I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, this is a sport, so let's get some perspective. I'm not saying that we need to string these guys up in the street and flog them. I'm not saying that Dale Bankenstein needs to be retrenched and never work in cricket. But when your batting coach can't say, well, this is the, the reason why, that, that worries me a little bit. Yeah, it, it worries me a lot a bit. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm here in a very safe environment in South Africa. You are very much at the scene of the car crash or, or, or train smash um, up there in the UK. Um, I just want to wrap our chat off by really uh, getting to the, the nub of the, the A.B. de Villiers issue, um, did it have as much of an impact as a lot of us perceived it to have from down here in South Africa? And um, I know there were you spoke about the conflicting uh, sort of uh, report back from the team where the coach says one thing and the captain says another. Uh, but is it something that really should have warranted, A, this much attention, B, would it have been an issue, say, if South Africa had won three out of three? And um, really, what do you think was the plan then if something such as a De Villiers phone call uh, can uh, throw an entire World Cup campaign uh, in, 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 into disarray? What, is, what was the eventual plan coming into this World Cup um, if guys can't say to each other, remember the plan, remember the strategy, and that doesn't change uh, regardless of A.B. De Villiers. Sure. Okay, quite, quite a bit there. So the plan, let's start, I'll work backwards. So the plan was always we're going to come here with an aggressive fast bowling attack. That obviously went, went by the wayside when um, Dale Stane pulled up and, and Lungengidi has been unavailable for these last few games. Bob admitted, or was, it, or was it Otis Gibson? One of them admitted that they were, that they were aware that this A.B. de Villiers story might break at some point during the World Cup. So they, were, they, were, they knew that it might break. Obviously, they were hoping that it wasn't going to, but, but I'm sure it would have had some sort of plan for the eventuality if it did. And obviously, it has. Um, no one is saying, no one is admitting that this story has affected them in, a, in any uh, destructive way, but of course it would. You know, of course, if if you're if, if you're a Rusty Van Dissen or you're Aiden Markram, and you're thinking, yes, you know, like I'm a little out of touch, uh, JP Germany, I, I, I'm not I'm not quite middling the I'm not quite middling it, and we're not and we're not winning cricket matches because our batsmen aren't scoring enough runs. Well, what if AB was here? If you're Fab Dupuisie and you or Otis Gibson and you're thinking, well. We, we've come here with a plan with our bowlers. We're a batsman short. Yes, I wish A.B. was here. 
I, you know, I, I, I try to put it to, to someone else. If Cristiano Ronaldo retired just before the last World Cup and Portugal was struggling to, to score goals, of course, he, and then it turned out that, that Cristiano Ronaldo tried to get back into the Portugal side. Can you imagine the media storm then? A.B. de Villiers is a, is a, is a, is a superstar batsman. A.B. de Villiers walks into this cricket team the way A.B. de Villiers walks into any cricket team currently playing in this World Cup. And, I, and I, would, I would challenge anyone who says otherwise. But the fact remains is that he did retire. Otis Gibson told us in the press the other day that even in December, when South Africa was playing, uh, when it was the Mzanzi Super League, um, Otis went to A.B. and said, are you done with this retirement nonsense? Those, those, that, that was Otis's exact words. Are you done with this retirement nonsense? And AB assured him in early December, late November, that he, that he wasn't, that he was happy with his decision and that his retirement is final. So now Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Bernard from uh, News24 put it really uh, perfectly when he said that AB tried to board a ship that had already left the harbor. And I think that we have to respect CSA's decision and it's it's just the only person who, I mean, no one looks good here, but AB really doesn't look good here. He looks like a guy who realizes his mistake after leaving a lover and now wants to try and and make a phone call when when that lover is in a new relationship. It's, um, it's, it's just not a, it's just not on. You know, it's just not on. And as much as we'd like to have him and as much as I'm sure Fuck would like to have him and Otis would like to have him, he ain't here and they're going to make do without him. No, fantastic. I think you've given me another headline, which uh, says A.B. de Villiers admits retirement was rubbish. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> you have to, to double check. I mean, if I said that, then I said that. No, I, don't want, I don't want to be like A.B. now, that it's like, oh, he said, he said. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. That, that, that's unbelievable, Dan. Thank you so much. Your insights have been uh, absolutely awesome. You've gotten rave reviews uh, from the guys that have listened to episode one of this podcast. And we clocked over a thousand downloads on Iono FM alone just in one week. So that is just uh, amazing. I think we're the first uh, TSO Blackstar podcast to do so. I do stand to be corrected. Um, so a lot of that has to do with your amazing analysis, buddy. Um, well, my, my pleasure. I'm, I'm, I can't take too much of that credit, but uh, really happy to be involved in this project. And I, I, I can't wait to be back. Awesome stuff. I did give you a heads up, though, on our upset of the week and playmaker of the week. Uh, so I'm sure you'll be ready for that. Yes. Your options for upset of the week were Pakistan beating England by 14 runs at the Oval. Edward Mutibi uh, beating two-time defending champion Bongmu Tembu by 35 seconds to win the Comrades Marathon. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not an athletics uh fan uh well analyst rather i mean just 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 competing in the comrades marathon is, is an achievement into, unto itself but I, I gotta go with pakistan because i had england trouncing everybody in the tournaments maybe except for india so i'm gonna go with pakistan on that one ah showing your cricket bias there mate yeah. <laughs> um, your playmaker of the week your options were sheldon cottrell's catch to remove Stephen smith in the boundary and uh, Ashley Barty winning her first French Open title, Rafael Nadal winning his 12th Roland Garros title, and Tembi Khatlana's goal against Spain in the FIFA Women's World Cup. For me, it's a no-brainer. Rafa was great. Barty, congrats. 
Cottrell's catch was a stunner, but that goal that Katlana scored, oh my word, we watched it in real time. We were we were all, a few of the South African journalists were gathered in a pub and we, we all, we were all filing and we were watching it on my laptop. And the way, the way she managed to dig it out, I mean, the ball was so close to her body, but she still managed to kind of get that little, that, that, like, like digging motion. And she managed to just get it over the, the, the Spanish keeper's uh, uh, outstretched arm. I thought it was an absolute cracker. It was, it, uh, it sent us wild. It's a pity they couldn't bring it home. I mean, uh, I feel like they were robbed with that second penalty decision. But no, for that, that, that first goal, you know, there's just nothing like it. It, it made it, it reminded you of, of Shabo's goal in, 20, in, in 2010, where it's just a, an absolute cracker from nowhere against a side that on paper is better than South Africa. Um, yeah, man, it was that was that was special. So, as I say, it's just a pity they couldn't they couldn't hold on for a result. Fabulous stuff. Thank you so much, Daniel Gallen. That's Daniel Gallen chatting to us all the way from the UK. He is front and center at what is appearing to be a major, major train crash uh, for <laughs> the Proteas. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much, buddy. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Right, and on to our second part of this episode. And like I said, we'll chat all things Springbok rugby. Most specifically, the center position that has everybody talking as it relates to the upcoming World Cup in Japan later this year. With me for this interesting chat is none other than Sino Kanto, who is a former Border Bulldogs and Free State Cheaters fullback. But in recent years, he has been a skills coach, backline and defense coach with the Cheetahs. He's one of the most committed rugby people I have ever met. And his knowledge of the game is, shall I say, outstanding to say the least. He loves his skills aspect of the game, which uh, some might say South Africa lags a little behind when it comes to the New Zealand All Blacks. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a guy I've known and, and, and met quite a few times in the rugby circles. Funny story regarding Sino before I officially welcome him to the podcast. I was down in Forte to do one of my covert interviews uh, with a guy called Jerry Ngolo who quit uh, cricket at just the age of 27. And who do I see there? This is December. This is blazing here. It's probably 35 degrees in Alice. And I'm at 410. I'm thinking, man, I'd rather be having a pint somewhere or having umkombo to just traditional <laughs> beer. And, uh, you know, and here I see Sino drilling three rugby players in the blazing heat, teaching them skills, getting them into condition. It's December, Baba. Welcome to the podcast, Sino. And tell us why do you have to put kids through all that torture <laughs> while they're on holiday? Uh, thanks a lot, and, uh, and thanks for having me. Uh, and, uh, you know, with uh, that uh, December, guys getting skilled and everything. Yeah. It's something that I used to do for myself and uh, try to get uh, conditioned and still stay fit. Yeah. Because when you actually get that break in, 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 in December, it's not actually a break because you've got the small time spent with your family. Yeah. But again, what pays your bills is, is important. And uh, right. it was like the 21st or the 22nd I remember. in December, Baba. Like people just want to go out <laughs> to the beach. They want to go to Eastern Beach, you know, and have fun. 
But you know, that that thing actually works, and uh, yeah, honestly, I I actually took them to the beach as well, just for yes, fun. but not for fun. <laughs> you, you you made them do shuttles on and sand were, and, the, and 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 yeah, and, they were doing skills and uh, doing some uh, running on the water and stuff like that. But okay, look at uh, one of those guys is is actually in the World Cup now with the under twenty. I was World about Cup. to say Sane Leno Hamba. Sane Leno Hamba is, is, actually, the, is yeah. the I think he's the starting SA uh, under twenties scrum off. Yeah, yes, yes. and he's a Sharks uh, product. He's, he's the Sharks, and he's got he's actually in the Sharks uh, Super Rugby team now, and uh, which is actually good also with the Sharks that are putting these youngsters and giving them an opportunity. Very good. Yeah. Which is that's what I like about that because at the end of the day we need these guys to grow and that's why I help them because I want them to grow within their rugby. Yeah, and yeah, get, yeah. Uh, Oliver Zono, who's been with uh, the Pro 14 Southern King, right? And uh, one of the guys that also fell out of the under 20s is is lucky. He's also a scrum off, but again you've got him competing against against Sanelli. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. when I have to share that information. Like you guys need to do this, you need to do this. But again, it's, it's like, who does it better? Yeah, yeah. And which is that's what it's all about, about execution, I think. Because you know, in December we always play cricket as well around the twenty sixth. Of uh, course, uh, Amakalekusha yeah. is Amakale like the, 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 yeah. the main uh, cricket tournament there, where the rural areas play against each other for. Exactly. And uh, with Sanele, we yeah. you, you play like three games a day, and or two games a day. So yeah. Me and Sanele, we used to go and play a game in the morning, and then we a, a cricket game. A cricket game. Yeah. Okay. And then after the cricket game, we have our shuttles. Like we do our Jeepers, hundreds. Probably Jeepers. say we do ten uh, hundreds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we just keep on doing that, and then we go and play another game. Jeepers. And then after the whole game, we would take a, a three-kilometer run and then we just chill for the rest of the day. Because again, yeah. you don't want him to lose that fitness. You don't want him to actually be a leg down when he gets to the Sharks because he needs to keep up. Because right, right. You've got your standards when you, when, when you get to the, to the unions. And us coaches, we always say, listen here, when you left here, you are doing this. Yeah. And then... Now you yeah, and it's not acceptable. But again, within that, we always give him the that much time to break as well. Say, so listen, yeah, I want you to recover. You're only gonna play one game today, okay? Yeah, and just recover as well. Now you've worked with uh, not just uh, the the young boys. Every, occasionally, the likes of uh, Springboks, Lukanyo Arm, as well as Makazole Mapimpi. Occasionally, they come to you to touch up on on a few of their skills. Talk to us about that. No, we are the. I spoke to Arm, um, uh, but he couldn't make it as well. Oh, right. Uh, when mm. we last were, December. Last December, mm. yes. Mm. He, because he wanted to join us. And uh, it's like, hey, Buddha, I need to come and join you. I need to come and do your skills because you don't want to, to get carried away uh, and go and uh, have too much fun. Because again, at the end of the <laughs> day, this is what pays your balls. This is your life. So you need to keep up and then you still need to maintain uh, where you're at. And, yeah. Uh, so I had the chat with the guys, and uh, I've been doing so. Like guys like uh, Abongile when he moved to Bloemfontein. Abongile Nongotwana, yeah. I did some reaction skills with him at the gym, and and all this stuff because he was staying at, at my place. And I said, listen, yeah, let's go to gym and right, show right. him some of the stuff, do some skills. 
So I love skills, and uh, that's yeah, I I know this, I know this. I I love skills, and I'm I'm always open to learn. Uh, I chat with the guys from uh, New Zealand yeah. as well at the Crusaders, so they always win. yeah yeah. But the nicer thing about uh, them is that they never give me anything. Okay, but we chat. All right. So when we chat. That's when I get to pick up the stuff they do. I share with them what I do. They okay. will share what they do. And then that's when I like, okay, this one is also the same thing that I do, but I can polish it this way. Okay. Because they, they, those guys are advanced. They, they more advanced. When no, it comes they to are. Them. They are way, way ahead. Now, the, you, you were mentored by Dave Williams. That yes. um, he's at the Sharks now. He's, yes. a, he's a skills coach. Tell us about that relationship. You know, uh, <clears throat> I remember Dave coming to the Cheetahs, and uh, yeah, no one. Dave was like this quiet guy. He's like walking around, doesn't say much. Yeah, and yeah. I actually went to him because he he got us at the Cheetahs. So I went to him, introduced myself. I'm Sino Gantu, and this is what I do. And yeah. we started chatting from there, and we had that relationship. And then I started talking about myself. I never asked him about it what he does and everything i started talking about myself as a like skills this coach I do and, and this is what i do I started showing right, him video yeah. clips and then he opened up and then when he opened up he's like i actually like what you're doing because you it's more of what i like okay so we started chatting more we started chatting more skill stuff and uh, some of the stuff that i showed my guys with the cheaters is that like nah and then I'm like, okay, my easier way out for these things to be done in the cheetahs is to chat to Dave. Right. And what did Dave sort of, um, how did he help you sort of d get your direction as a, as, a, as a skills coach? Because you did a lot of things at the cheetahs, not mm. just skills. You did defense, you did backline, you know, you, you worked with um, various levels uh, from under 19, under 21 seniors and back yep. you know so you 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 were kind of moving around so you got a little <laughs> bit of a taste of everything uh, fortunately or unfortunately but how did dave then um sort of focus the skills part of your of, of your repertoire because <clears throat> dave's focus most of the times is like he showed me how to break it down like the okay. game plan yeah so that that's the nicest thing about when you see this is what the head coach wants and mm -hmm. then we start looking at like, okay, even at practice was, this is how we're gonna practice. We we, yeah. we start breaking it down. If you've got your port and you've got three guys are playing there, how do you get this guy away? And then the guy at the back who's gonna get that ball in. You know, the communication part as well, because I think the skills are actually more done with, with, with more communication. If you don't communicate, you'll never get that end result. Right. So he showed me lots of things and he also some of the videos that we shared. I, I showed him my videos. Yeah. And then he showed me my video. And then well, I remember this one time we, we had a, a, a conversation on how can we get the props to be better. And, and that's passing. why you get the oxen chairs and the that, Trevor Nyakanis that can also jam a bit, you exactly. know, like. So now what we did is that we went to look at uh, the rugby league. Okay. Because, you know, they've got, they, they never always wanting to spin past the ball, you know. So we went to look, how do these guys uh, get this thing done? Look, like these yeah, passes, like yeah, just yeah. push a pass with like a wrist pass. So what we did is this, we said, if, 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 if the probes, most of the times they spend more time and 
I always said we work in three seconds. Okay. So when I say we work in three seconds, that three seconds the defense is coming up the line because look at the Crusaders when they defend, they Jesus, come off the line less like, than way less than exactly. Three seconds so when it now comes to the Crusaders. if you're gonna catch the ball as a prop, catch it, try and fix it. What are you gonna do most of the times when you try and fix it and bring it closer to your body? It. No, you're gonna go and bash. That's okay. the first thing you're gonna do. Boom, you're gonna go bash if you don't spill it. If yes. <laughs> so now what we said because we want the game to flow. Yeah. So instead of catching, fixing, and then you want to turn and pass. Yeah. So what me and Dave, we, or Dave did, we went to look at the rugby league passes. And then from there, it's a, just a catch and pass. Oh, it's the, the catch and pass in one movement. In one Don't movement. catch, try Don't to catch control it and, and, and put it under your arm first. Yes. Ah, right. Because so now as you a split second. We, we work in the split second. We're gonna, we'll calculate. And then we call it the six o'clock pass. Because it's got this one yeah, move. Six o'clock pass, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get uh, this one movement that keeps on going like this. Like, so when you pass, it's got like that six o'clock movement. Okay. So that's what we did. And then something that I was also taught uh, in, in New Zealand, we always say uh, beggar hands. So every time you catch a ball, it's like you're eating a beggar. So, this is <laughs> so now, if, beggar if, hands. If you catch a, <laughs> if you catch a ball like of beggar hands with your no, hands don't low, beg. don't beg. Like eating a beggar. Like, like you're eating a beggar. Burger. Okay, okay, okay. So now you get your hands out there. Yeah. So if you catch a ball like that, like with your open hands like this, it's right. easy for you to just flip it this way. But at the end, your, your, your pinkies yeah. are the one who's going to finish the movement. Right, so your pinkies must so be you solid like at the, the end of the, at, at the wrist uh, movement. Exactly. Right, so I get you. Those are the things that we focus but on. But you're teaching guys like Oxen, Che, like uh, Trevor Nyakani, these are like hard men of the front row. And you're teaching them to, to use soft hands, basically. Exactly. It, it, and it didn't backfire. No, it never well, backfired. Certainly, uh, we've Ox, seen how Ox, how Ox plays. The nice thing about Ox, uh, I've been working with Ox uh, and all those other guys since under 21. Yeah. Ox and Che, uh, even some of the guys that have left the Cheetahs just when yeah. I was with the uh, Super Rugby, I used to work a lot with Raymond Rule, uh, yeah. guys like Sergio Peterson yeah, yeah. with the step and go. <laughs> I, and everyone was like, yes, Sergio is scoring lots, lots of shots. Because yeah. one thing about me is that I always want to focus on those smaller things that the head, those small the head coaches I understand because that we want to win the game. But again, his his concern is more of uh, the game plan. Yeah, and yeah. The guys must we must execute. We must get a line out there, and and all that. Right now, earlier we said that we will unpack the Springbok Center conver uh, conversation. Our best centers in Super Rugby this year have been Lukanyo Am from the Sharks, as well as Jesse Creel from the Bulls. They've both shown incredible form and hunger for the try line. I've always been curious as to whether the two can play together as a center pairing, and we'll get into that. Um, with Am playing as the first center and Creel playing at second center. Before I get Sinoganto's thoughts on this, uh, let's hear what Jesse Creel had to say regarding this wonderful little competitive rivalry between him and Lukanyo Am. Right, talking rugby, what a season uh, you guys have had. Um, yourself specifically speaking about positions, but I want to talk about something that a lot of people have been you know, playing around in the back of their minds. The fact that we've got two world-class number 13s in yourself and Lukanyo Am, how would you feel about playing with Lukanyo Am with him at the inside centre and you on the outside? 
Yeah, bro. So obviously this question um, they asked asked me early on in the year with SA Rugby about uh, Lukanyo and I, bro. And the thing is, I think what people don't understand is, bro. Like we talk often, you know. We yeah. we good mates. Uh, we we want each other to do well. It's so it's so exciting, like you say, that these two um, players um, playing at Super Rugby that we're playing at a good level that can that can teach each other things that can help each other to grow. And in the end of the day, we just want the the same thing, and that's for the Springboks to do well and to win rugby games, you know. So, um, but yeah, that 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 sounds quite exciting. I've heard about that. Um, yeah. We've obviously got a lot of other world-class 12s at the Springboks, so um, you never know. But I think it is important for all of us to be versatile and be able to play more than one position. So yeah. Yeah. Have you have you been excited by the way by the way he plays and, and, and vice versa? Has he been impressed by the way you play in your conversations? Yeah. I think both. Obviously, we both we played against. I played both of the games against the Sharks. Yeah. So we we got a good shot against each other, um, which was nice. Obviously, you you um, you learn a lot from playing against a guy that's that's really good. Yeah. And you prepare, you prepare well. So um, I think, yeah, I've been, I think he's been playing really well for the Sharks. I think when him, when he plays, um, a guy like Mapimpi and um, um, Spoo and those guys come into the game a lot more, you know. Yeah. So I think yeah. um, that's been pretty exciting. And then, yeah, I think uh, it's been a good season. Right now, so, you know, Jesse Creel, look on your arm. Um, as you would know, played inside centre, um, coming up at border got to the Sharks, moved to outside. And I think this year, I think the influence of Dave Williams, the influence of Ricardo Lopesha, uh, who is the centre, by the way, and I keep saying this, Ricardo Lopesha was a centre at EP. Mm. Him and Dion Kayser were the centre combination at, mm. at EP before they were both taken out to the wings. But anyway, those were the dark days of rugby <laughs> <laughs> where, where you couldn't be anything other than a wing. Now, they're both there, and you can obviously see the impact that those, those two coaches have had on the likes of Lucanio Arm and I'll add Makazola Mapimpi, I'll add Spoonkosi, I'll add Karen Bosch mm. who's just excelled um, Apelele Fasi. like they, they, for me they've got like stallions in that back line but, but I, I want to focus on the on, on <clears throat> specifically Creel and Arm do you see them playing together not at, at Springbok level and at the World Cup more specifically? I hope so I, I really hope so Yeah, because I think with the flair that uh, Lucanio Arms got, and he's got a nice step. I, I said I focus on lots of stuff, like smaller stuff. He's yeah, got yeah. a nice step and go. Yeah. He's got this uh, backdoor passes. Offload, yeah. The offloads. And for me, I think even if you will have to take it up, he's always the guy that will always uh, try and attack the weak shoulder he's not gonna come and bash it up like other centers will do which is I won't mention it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we gonna, all know who the bashers are in rugby so yeah. I think uh, with today's rugby and like with me being a skills coach and uh, I think I'll have them together because Creel is running so much good of good lines where he could just comes out nice and short at times. Yeah, he's got a nice step and go and with the drift passes that you can hit up on him. So and you kind of lots of guys. I mean, if you can have that little bit of flair with Magazola, who's one of the best wings at the moment, best finisher for me in he, the country, exactly right now. So right yeah. now he's he's playing great rugby. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I remember even when he was at the Cheetahs. He was he was always trying to improve and and, and trying to be, uh, to be that better player. Yeah, which yeah. is now he's taking it to to I guess uh, to another level. And again, yeah. I can say this with uh, with so much confidence that he's got his father there, Dave Williams. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's no man that loves 
Mapimbi more than David more than Dave Williams. I can Say. I can <laughs> bet you on that one. So he's got his father there, and which is he's got more confidence. Like, yeah, listen, yeah, this guy he knows his game plan, and yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah. he begs his skills. And again, if you have with me as a coach, and I have players that will beg. Uh, my skills and everything that I said. Look at the guy who's playing now, uh, who was starting at the Junior uh, World Cup, uh, James Molense. Mm. He's one of the players that comes from the under-19s and I had the privilege of working with him. Yeah. And uh, when I say, Jimmy, my boy, this is what you do. He always trusted me when I, what I everything I said. That, yeah. So that now, when I watch him at, at, at the SA under-20s, I was like, you know what? God is great because we see these boys. <laughs> yeah, but with that flair, with my uh, with the creel as well as um twelve thirteen, I think the box will have a great flair of rugby. I think so, but there's the, a lot of people are also advocating for maybe Henry Pollard to to shift um, to his outside to second five eight. Uh, with maybe an Alton, maybe a, a Cohen Bosch, maybe a Damon Villanza. Just we don't know as the 10. Um, how would you see Henry at 12? Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I think now and then he does it. Like, put... He's one of the guys that will put us on the front foot and yeah. as uh, one of the decision makers in in in, in the game. But uh, I think my starting lineup would be maybe him at ten, then and him then at ten, okay. Him at ten, and then Lucano and Creel, okay. At thirteen, uh, no consideration to an Esther Hazen or Damien Dialende. Esther Hazen, I would consider. You'd consider yes. Esther Hazen. Why Esther Hazen and not Dialende? And again, as much as he's that big guy, yeah, he's got some flair. He's got some great hands. And again, with the influence of the Sharks having David Williams, right, that right, will focus right. on the on the skills. I think he has improved, and he, he's he's very big. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember we played, we played against him, and I had Nicoli and yeah. uh, Steph uh, in the with the under twenty ones, and we we played against this kid. But again, he's so flipping strong. And yeah, no, Nicoli is like he's like um, Franz Fenter 2.0, yeah. like skillful, but hard as well in midfield. So when Ossesen came on and the like, guys were playing semi-finals against the Sharks, and you know, we, we we knew it when I had to go and plan. Yeah, my backline, I was like, we in for a. Good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I said to Nicole, my boy, the only thing I need from you is stay on his face the whole day. The entire I went to analyze yeah. him, everything, how yeah. he passes the ball, how he kicks. Yeah. And for now, he's a, he's a, he improved a lot yeah. from, from, from that. But I will consider him as well. Cool. Now, um, another one of my curveballs, Damien Willemser. I think he has been so badly mismanaged, right? But that's just another conversation. I don't think he'll make box at fullback. I don't. He hasn't had enough games at fly half for the Stormers this year to even compete, right? And 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 Cohen's now come out of the blue and 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 stolen form from from everybody else. Should we try him at, as a, as a backup inside? He's got the build. Certainly has the skills. Look, skill-wise, it does. Inside center as a 12. <clears throat> skill-wise, skill wise it does. And, yeah. Uh, for me, 
let's try and compare him with the Maanonu Sonny Bill Williams in the middle. I think he can give a good account for, uh, of himself there. I think so. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I always see the boy as. I think he's one of those guys that listen. I just want my time. Like I want to be free before I do everything. There's no give, time. Give there, him, there's give, no such uh, rather, thing. As... Rather give him at fullback and uh, at ten, but for twelve, no. I'll, you, I'll rather okay, have let's, Poland. Okay, let's look. Let's look quickly. Just let's look beyond um, the 2019 World Cup, mm. and let's look at the fullbacks uh, at the chosen. Kobe is still young. Um, Apelele Fasi, who is a, is a thoroughbred, athleticism-wise, he's, he's top of the pops. Uh, and then you've got Wari Khalan, who is an all-rounder, probably a starter next year in the Springboks is Wari Khalan. And then you want to put Damien Willemse in that conversation with those three. I don't know. Not at 12. That That's just at 15. At 12, 12 is wide open. 12 is wide open. But I wouldn't put him there. I don't think I would put him at 12. Would you put well. him at 10, rather? Yes. <sighs> I don't know. Rather, rather he must... You've got, so you want him to you, fight it out at 10 with probably Cohen Bosch? Henry's still around. Elton, I don't know if Elton's going to be around after this. Um, yeah. He's got an opportunity there. At 10. Fullback? Nope. 12? No, I don't give him. You wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, give oh. him a chance at 12? I'll back Austin any day as well as okay as okay. a backup on 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 those guys on Lukanyo Armen before you can start Jesse looking at a, yes, at a Damian Willems. I'll I'll back up the okay. The guy. We need to get someone who will agree with me on this. And podcast. then again, <laughs> and then again, you still have Nicoli. You do still have Nicoli. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we need to look more at the Pro 14 guys. That that, that, that that's play, another yeah. thing. You still have Nicoli. That will be. Your yeah, guy and yeah. Nicolie's got some great decision making. Yeah, cool. We have to wrap up our chat on uh, with Sino Kando on the Sports Live podcast. It's been absolutely great. Like I love chatting rugby. Uh, yeah, and we could talk about this all day. <laughs> but I, I think we need to get someone who will agree with me on Damien Billum's at twelve. But since we're not getting that today, we have to wrap up our chat. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks for coming in. This is the Sports Life Podcast. No, thank you very much. That's it from me, Spoon Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag Sports Live. Share your comments with us at Times Live or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Mchana Ntroko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now.